0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: This is the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Hope your holidays are going holly. Very jolly holly. Holly days on the way. Got some holiday best stuff for you. Hawk and Crowder there on vacation, but Dono and Rashad Butler are in. Dan Levitard's on vacation, but Michael Eaves is in. And then we're gonna go back to the Hawk and Crowder show and hear from Ira Winderman. Mr. Heat beat himself. But right now, let's hit the beat of these headlines. The Canes have fired offensive coordinator Dan Enos in the wake of getting shut out yesterday's Independence Bowl 14-0. The Bulls continue today. One final so far. North Carolina walloped Temple 55-13 in the Military Bowl. With rumors swirling that the Pelicans guard Drew Holiday could be traded to Miami. The Heat focus on the Pacers tonight. Tip is at 8. Despite being on the verge of having their worst season rushing, the Dolphins will not have the organization's worst record ever. They go for their fifth win Sunday at 1 in New England. In other NFL news, the Saints worked out wideout Antonio Brown and are looking into his eligibility to play for them. The Panthers have not played since the 23rd, but they will change tomorrow night at the BB&T when they take on Detroit. Pre-game starts at 6.30 here on 560 The Joe. The college football playoffs start tomorrow with Oklahoma taking on LSU at 4. Then Clemson faces Ohio State at 8. And now, let's take a step into the day spa. Ah. A man is suing a Caesars Casino in Canada because he said they knew he was a compulsive drinker and gambler, yet encouraged him to drink and gamble, thus costing him $260,000 in just two trips. Come on, man. Did you know where you were? A casino! A sheep with saggy udders in New Zealand was recently fitted with a human bra that ended up saving its life. The bra, the greatest invention ever. Vermont firefighters recently had to rescue a cat and its owner from a tree after the cat ran up the tree and the owner tried to retrieve it. Uh hello 911. I need someone to help get my cat down from the tree. And while you're at it, me also. A Museum of Hangovers has opened up in Croatia. Sounds a lot like me every single Monday. New York City Police spent hours removing a car from a pedestrian lane on a bridge in the city. Are you sure this isn't just a sequel to Dude Wears My Car? Now on the weather brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast is going to be cloudy with a chance of rain. Temperatures in the mid-70s. Join Hylia Park for a free New Year's Eve party, December 31st. Receive free party favors, enjoy drink specials, dance in the new year with live entertainment, and go home rich after winning your share of $20,020 in drawings. Visit HyliaPark.com for more details. Tis the season, that Hawk and Crowder at home Instead of here talking about the big issues. And, oh, there are big issues. So, Dono jumps on. And he starts talking about his beloved Canes. Dono, he can't muster a yeah today after yesterday's walk-ons independence ball. Dan Enos, at least he did his job Also, could the U have a spread
2: offense and Dono's offensive coordinator wish list? I couldn't muster a yes today. I'm sorry. I couldn't do it. Not after last night, man. Not after last night. It is the Hawkman and Crowder show. Dono and Rashad Butler in for Hawk and Crowder. Alejandro Solana is here. We'll get our star-studded headlines from Solana in a moment. Rashad Butler on his way in, and I'm I'm certainly not going to devote the entire four hours of this award-winning program on crying and whining and complaining about losing to Louisiana Tech 14 to nothing. Not saying we won't do it, we're just not going to do it for the entire four hours, okay? <laughs> we're, not, we're not. People were asking me about that, Dono. Is this it's just going to be a, a, a bitch and moan fest for four hours? No. Something I certainly want to get into throughout the day today is, you know, it's, it's already the afternoon the day after the independence bowl massacre well i mean it wasn't you lost 14 to nothing but just getting shut out in itself by louisiana tech it, it felt like a massacre to me right i know it wasn't 58 nothing from a few years ago but at least 58 nothing was against clemson this was against uh, a conference usa team but I- instead of spending all of our time um and it's not that i'm running from it believe me i'm i'll take it on the chin but instead of spending all of our time talking about what went wrong yesterday I do want to spend a lot of time today talking about where Miami has to go from here in terms of getting this program corrected and and the first of that right without looking too far down the road the first thing you've got to do is find a new offensive coordinator the report yesterday from our friend Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press turned out to be correct um it, it was interesting uh, you know me and Brian Monroe were hosting Hurricanes Countdown to kick off yesterday, the pregame show. Tim Reynolds always joins us for a pregame show spot, and that was when he broke the news to the world that he w- was reporting yesterday that that would be Dan Enos' final game as offensive coordinator of the U. And earlier today, I think around 10, 11 a.m. is when Miami made the official announcement. They announced today, did the football program that Dan Enos has been relieved of his duties as offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach. He lasted one season at UM. So instead of spending four hours focusing on everything that went wrong yesterday, and by the way, Dan Enos' offense, I'm I'm so glad he stuck around to coach one final. I'm so glad he stuck around to call the plays for one final game so that Miami could put up 0.0 points in the Dan Enos finale. What a way to go out. I think if there was anyone who thought, you know what, maybe this Enos guy should get more, should get more time. I'm sorry that this is Enos' final game. He yeah, probably didn't feel that way after putting up a goose egg on the scoreboard. And now Miami needs to figure out who is next. And also what is next. Because my friends, um, I I caught the uh, the end of uh, the interview that was on before us when Zach Duarte and Troy Stratford spoke to uh, our buddy Andrew Ivins from Inside the U, and I completely co-signed on what he said about Miami needs to strongly consider looking into a spread offense, right? I mean... I think the same way that we all look at the, the triple option that Georgia Tech was running up until this year, right? The same way we used to look at that as being the pre-World War II, and in some cases pre-World War I offense, Miami's pro-style offense is starting to be looked at in the same way. And, and my friends, when you have an offensive line that is as devoid of talent as Miami's O-line is, they struggled all year long. We know that. Was it 51 sacks given up? You can cover some of those deficiencies when you're running a spread offense. And also when you're trying to recruit all these star-studded receivers out of the state of Florida, because South Florida, it's a hotbed for players like that for these skill position guys. You're going to attract a lot more of these players when you have more footballs to spread around to them. So it's not only about who you hire, but it's about what you're looking into to be the characteristics of a Miami offense. And I think we need to start bringing this offense into the 21st century because Miami has been running a 20th century offense. I I already get a text from our buddy Omar Kelly that says no spread offense. I mean, Omar... You're covering the NFL. I get it. Keep that away from the National Football League, but this is college football. We have to evolve with the Times, man. I strongly think we have to evolve with the Times. And so here are um, here are some of the names that I'm looking at. And these are not only the the guys that I want. These are also most of these are names that are, are being thrown out there in the conversation for, you know, who Miami might actually be interested in. You know, people are starting to talk to the unnamed sources that are close to the athletic department and close to the board of trustees because they start to to talk about this stuff now that you have a vacancy. I think these, uh, these top two names to me, I put them in no particular order. I think either of these guys, in my eyes, would be a slam dunk hire. And if you can get either of these guys, you're starting off on the right foot to course-correcting Miami's offense that was in the hundreds in basically every relevant statistical category this year gotta be better and this is a name I see thrown out there a lot I'll start with David Yost who's the OC and quarterbacks coach at Texas Tech Red Raiders this year 11th in the country in yards per game and that's despite starting three different quarterbacks this season they average 474 yards per game compare that to Miami's 376 yards per game And, yeah, he does run a spread option. He learned that from Mike Leach, who you guys may know I'm a big fan of. Uh, So David Yost is a name that you're going to see come up, and I I hope Miami makes that call. Another guy that I really like is Rhett Lashley, the offensive coordinator of the SMU Mustangs. His offense ninth in the country in 489 yards per game. They score 42 points per game. That's 16 more per game, by the way, than Miami. Uh, I also really like, and, and this is a hot name, Wake Forest Offensive Coordinator Warren Ruggiero. Demon Deacons just had a tremendous year, putting up 473 yards per game, 33 points per game, compared to Miami's 25.7 points per game. And I, I think those are all home run hires, those three. Lashley, Ruggiero. And then you start to get to... Some of the names you, th- you see thrown out there that I don't like as much. I mean, Rich Rodriguez, who's the OC at Ole Miss. I like his offense. I don't necessarily like his baggage and his abrasive personality. I think the guy's a little bit toxic. Um, Larry Fedora, former UNC head coach, He his name gets thrown out there a lot. He, he, here's a name that was – at the top of a lot of people's Christmas list last year I thought Miami should have made a, a more serious run at hiring him a year ago because I don't think he's really available this year you'd have to pay a hefty buyout you're not going to do that because you're already paying you're still paying Manny Diaz's buyout from from Temple so I doubt you're going to pay the money necessary to try and bring Graham Harrell here but Graham Harrell he's the OC at USC and he recently signed an extension there there's a lot of talk that obviously he could very well stay at USC after resigning there but maybe Texas would make a run and try to pay his buyout so I, I kind of threw him on the list just for bleeps and giggles, but I don't think that's a realistic option. Let's go to some headlines with Alejandro Solana. Should I skip the
3: Independence Bulldog or should I get to? That?
2: No, I I told everyone I don't want to run from it. I just didn't want to spend four hours breaking it down. But I'll take it on the chin, man. Just don't don't skip it because then people will uh, will accuse us uh, of running away from it.
3: U M loses fourteen to nothing. Oh God, I, I immediately regret letting you <laughs> say that. McCain's fire offensive coordinator Dan Enos, says. Dono mentioned earlier in the show, things are not looking good in Coral
2: Gables right now, Dono. And um, people are going to hate that I I say this, but I'm I'm certainly not going to fly any banners to say fire Manny because I do believe that Manny Diaz deserves the right to show he can fix it. Like, I I think he deserves that, right? I mean, you, you made a big deal about... Hiring him last year after you let him leave to Temple, then you bring him back from Temple, you paid the $4 million buyout. This year was a disaster. I'm not denying that, and I'm not saying Manny Diaz did a good job, but I'm saying after one year, Manny Diaz at least deserves the opportunity to fix what's broken. And he's he's not going to get fired. He's going to get that opportunity to fix what's broken, and then we can make a a more definitive judgment on him for better or for worse next year.
3: The Miami Heat. They're twenty two and eight. They host the Indiana Pacers tonight. The Pacers come in at twenty one and ten. That's at eight PM here on seven ninety the ticket. No Justice Winslow tonight for Miami still dealing with those uh that back problem. Ira Winterman will join us next for fifteen minutes of heat.
2: And I noticed they changed the uh what do you call it? A delineation. Like right. they they changed what they call his back problem. It's now classified as a bone bruise. Right which I think uh, I'll ask Ira about this because, you know, he's he's not only our basketball expert, he's a he's an expert on inju- injury reports as well. I think that might mean the timetable for him to come back might be a little bit longer than we first thought, but we'll get Ira's take on that. Speaking of the
3: Miami Heat, they do have a back-to-back. They'll host the Philadelphia 76ers tomorrow, so back-to-back at home. That game against the Sixers also at 8 p.m. tomorrow at the AAA. Also tomorrow night, the Florida Panthers back on the ice they host
2: the Detroit Red Wings 7 p.m. from the BB&T Center. I'm excited to be back in the arena for that. Like they had a, yeah, uh, you know, I almost feel like I never left because they had that long nine game home stand, and then they went on the road for two games. They got Christmas off. I like the fact that the NHL lets their players have Christmas off. Like in the NBA, and and I get it. You don't feel sorry for them. They're all making multiple millions of dollars, but these guys all have to to play and perform on Christmas. In the NHL, these players make a ton of money and they get Christmas Day off. You got to love that. Tomorrow begins the
3: college football playoffs in the Peach Bowl. Oklahoma will play LSU. That's at 4 p.m. At 8 p.m., it's the Fiesta Bowl with Clemson versus Ohio State.
2: I'm rooting for both of the lower seeds. So Clemson at the three seed, Oklahoma at the four seed, just because I enjoy a little bit of a spicy upset. Not not that either of those would be huge upsets. All Oklahoma over LSU would kind of be a, a huge upset, but – I'm rooting for both the lower seats to get in, but I think I think the sauciest college football playoff final, like the one that would get the most people buzzing, would probably be LSU with Joe Burrow taking on the defending champs in Clemson. I think that would probably be like the most compelling final game if both of those teams move on.
1: Seems like no one gives you better Cain's insight than Dono himself, Mr. The U himself. He went to school there. He lives by there. His dad teaches there. You know he's hurting right now. I'm kind of hurting, too, because I really wanted you to whoop up on Louisiana Tech. If you heard me yesterday on the Hawk and Crowder show, I don't have a lot of love for that school. A lot of things in North Louisiana kind of tick me off. So, uh, what are you going to do? I know what we're going to do. Next, Dan Lebatard show. They're also on vacation. Like I said, tis the season. But Michael Eves jumps in and talking about my Saints and Antonio Brown. This is the Best of the Joe Show. Back with the Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Please follow me on Twitter at Dan Day Radio. I'm on all the social media. Just look for Dan Day, Dan Day Radio. Skinny guy, dark hair. Can't hear my voice, but you'll know it's me. Trust me. And if you don't know, send a message. And if it's not me, that person better be cool because if their name's Dan Day and they're misrepresenting me, nah. Michael Eves did not misrepresent the Dan Levitard Show. He did a great job today talking my Saints. Ooh, the Saints are going to go marching in, hopefully marching into Miami for the Super Bowl. But they recently worked out Antonio Brown and looked into his eligibility. Michael Eves asks, why are the Saints working out A-B?
4: Why? Saints doing something that I think a lot of people, when they initially heard the news, they had one question. Why? The Saints are working out Antonio Brown today. That's according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Antonio Brown actually on social media earlier posted the workout waiver that he had to sign in order to go through the workout. Remember that whole thing from Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, that thing is still an official document that the league and teams have you sign if you're going to work out. Antonio Brown posted a picture of it earlier on social media. He has since taken it down. He did post the alert uh, from the ESPN app when Adam Schefter reported the fact that he's going to be in New Orleans this morning working out for the Saints. So that is happening. Why? Why is it happening? All right, now the obvious reason would be because Antonio Brown is clearly one of the best receivers of his generation. He is a game-changing playmaker it has been since he came into the league that is obvious even at 31 years old and only played what one game two games this year uh, he still has that ability i don't think anyone would even question that right now there's a reason he's not playing on a team headed into week 17 right now and those reasons are obvious if you're an NFL fan you know exactly all the drama that has transpired around Antonio Brown since he left the Steelers last season everything that happened in the offseason all the antics All the stories from the feet in the cryo chamber to the helmet situation to cussing out Mike Mayock with the Raiders to the off-field issues with the allegations that are currently being investigated by the NFL. All that is happening right now or has been happening around Antonio Brown, yet the Saints are bringing him in for a workout today. Why? You have the best receiver in the game right now, Michael Thomas. Every team knows you're going to throw to him pretty much Every time that he is open, and you still can't stop him from catching the ball. They're effective. From an overall team standpoint, it's not as if the Saints are necessarily hurting to score points. right? They average nearly 28 points a game. That's fourth best in the entire NFL. Passing yards. They throw it around pretty good, too, with Drew Brees looking for Michael Thomas all the time. They average about 265 yards passing yards a game. Why do you need Antonio Brown? And I don't just mean the production or potential production. I'm talking about the other stuff that comes with it. Because you're not just getting 84 in the field. Well, Eves, you got to do your due diligence. You got to, you know, check to see what's out, okay? What due diligence is there unless you're trying to bring him into your team? Oh, no, if you sign him, then no one else can get him. So you're, you want to bring him in so no other team can sign him, but then you don't play him yourself, okay? But, dude, he'd be a great fit next to Michael Thomas. And you have him on the field as well with Alvin Kamara. I mean, Jared Cook. I mean, think of the playmakers you have out there. Right. I get all that. But why? Here's why. Because teams are all about winning. Because the fans demand it from them, even at times when it doesn't make a practical argument for a team to be in a position to win a championship. Fans, they put that pressure on them to be champions all the time. So what do you do? You go all in. Look what the Rams did last year coming off a Super Bowl loss, the things they did with their salary cap structure, bring in certain players, lock players up, try to improve because they went all in to try to win it, it backfired, they didn't even make the playoffs this year, and they could be strapped for the next three years going forward. But in that moment, fans don't want to hear that. Fans want to know that their favorite team is going for it, and that's what the Saints are going to do. The Saints have an outside chance of getting the number one seed in the NFC if certain teams lose. Now, that changes the dynamic because you're at home, Superdome's a hard place to win for opposing teams, and you may be having the inside track of going to the Super Bowl. But as it's projected right now by ESPN FPI, they're going to be the three seed. That means they're going to have to go on the road, either to Green Bay, Seattle, San Francisco. Pretty good chance they're going to have to go on the road for the NFC Championship game. You have to give yourself the best possible opportunity to win whatever game you will face in the playoffs, and would Antonio Brown on the field alongside Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, with Drew Brees throwing the ball to him, give the Saints a better opportunity to win any game on the road than they do right now? 1,000% true, and that's why you do it. You're trying to win, and you're going all in, and oftentimes in our society, whether it's sports, whether it's business, whatever, you will put certain things to the side for the goal at hand. And Antonio Brown, from a strictly football standpoint, X's and O's on the field standpoint, he gives the Saints a better opportunity to win than if they don't have Antonio Brown. But Eves, look what they've done so far. Look how good they've been without him already. Why would they bring that into the locker room necessarily? Because when it comes to winning time, even players on that roster who may think Antonio Brown is a knucklehead, as I do, even if they believe there's a chance that he could be a detriment down the road, in the short term, they don't see it because they want to win. They want to win. Louis Riddick, ESPN front office insider, was on Get Up earlier this morning. And, you know, he knows what it's like to be in the front office and to have an idea to do some due diligence about a certain player. Here's what Lou had to say about the Saints potentially bringing in Antonio Brown to that roster. There's so much
2: pressure on Mike and Drew, though. I mean, I mean, look. What Mike is doing is is really unheard of because people try just to throw just about everything they can at him as far as trying to slow him down. And quite honestly, I said this the other day on Countdown, Michael Thomas just punks defensive backs. That's what he does. He (laughs) says, go ahead and try and be physical with me. I'm going to throw you on the ground, and I'll just do whatever I want to you anyway. And all of a sudden, defensive backs lose their will. You put this guy on the football field, quite honestly, even though he plays a different style than what Mike Thomas plays, Antonio Brown just put on his tape. I don't care which one you would have put on, just (laughs) put it on. He beats... Single coverage, zone coverage, double coverage. He runs past them all. He dances on everybody. And so you put those guys together, it's beautiful music on the field. But this guy will wreck your team.
4: The first thing that Lou said is why they're doing it. There's so much pressure on Drew Brees and Sean Payton to win. And you have Michael Thomas out there carrying that load offensively from the passing game standpoint. So much pressure on him to perform as well. Opposing teams know it. You get to the playoffs, the teams you play defensively progressively get better as you get closer and closer to the Super Bowl. That's why this is happening. The Saints want to win this championship, and they're willing to take this risk for a short-term game. That's why you do it. Question going forward, though, how dangerous is that risk, even in the short term?
1: Born and raised in New Orleans, huge Saints fan. I'm not upset with this move. If Antonio Brown goes to the Saints, I think it'll work because, number one, he works hard. He's with a winning team. And he'll just help out. If, though, he starts to be a diva and a distraction, no worries. Sean Payton will cut him immediately. Don't need him, just want him. Kind of like Hanukkah, Christmas. You don't need all those gifts, but you really want them. Antonio Brown is that Christmas Hanukkah gift for the Saints. Got another gift for you next. Ira Heatbeat Winderman. Best of the Joe Show. Rocking with you on the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Give me a nice holiday gift. Follow me on Twitter. I'll reciprocate by giving you a great holiday gift, like stepping into the day spa, ah, and all types of other good stuff at Dan Day Radio. The Heat are hot, even though it is December. It's always hot here in South Florida. They're playing tonight against the Pacers, so why not get Ira Heat beat Winderman on the Hawk and Crowder show here. Dono And Rashad Butler, break it down with Ira. What are they talking about? Deion Waiters trying to get out of Spoh's doghouse. The identity of the team, the biggest pleasant surprise of the season thus far, and Hassan's return to MIA.
2: Heater are loaded these next couple days. Back-to-back nights, Indiana tonight, uh, Philadelphia tomorrow. Ira Winderman from the South Florida Sun Sentinel joins us. Good afternoon,
0: Ira. How are you? I am doing well, and again, uh, Dono, as usual, NBA scheduling just confounds a simple man like me, how you have (laughs) three days off and then a back-to-back set. Next week, two days off in a row a back to back said home against Toronto at Orlando my calendar must be different my calendar has 7 days in every week at least 4 weeks in every month it must be like one of those like ancient greek you know calendars or something They got you on, on they got
2: you on the old Mayan calendar
0: Yeah the the lunar calendar or something <laughs> like that so i guess they figure that when the sea serpents come out they can't play games those days or something like that otherwise I'm sort of at a loss. It must be more of a Game of Thrones kind of thing that I'm missing here.
2: we got a lot to get through, Ira. Let's start with Deion Waiters. He's off his third suspension of the year, returned to practice yesterday. Is there, is there a way you expect he might be able to get out of Spoh's doghouse and back onto the court? Like, how's this going to go for Deion, you think?
0: You know, it's really interesting. Earlier today, Shams Charney uh, of The Athletic posted a notebook and buried in there was the thing that it said uh, – Pat Riley had recently met with uh, James Johnson and Dion Waiters and wanted to reintegrate them into the system, you know, back into the team. And and so I had an Ask Ira question I'm preparing for tomorrow to post online where someone asked me, if those guys come back, who doesn't play? And, And guys, that really is a heck of a sort of, you know, brain teaser to sit here. And I said to myself, okay, James Johnson, again, I don't even know if is going to happen. If he had to get minutes, okay, maybe Kelly a Linux minutes. Kelly's been a little bit uneven, is another power player. Maybe I could see something like that. But when it came to the part of the answer where I was asked whose minutes would Dion Waiter's claim, I just don't have an answer. Remember, guys, we're still trying to get Justice Winslow reintegrated whenever he's back from the bone bruise that he's dealing with in his back, so you have that. So I just pie in the sky said, I don't know, maybe Kendrick Nunn's minutes, but, but, but I don't have an answer there. I can't, you're not going to take Jimmy Butler's minutes away. You're not going to take the growth of Tyler hero away. You're not going to take Goran Dragic's minutes away. You're not going to take the emerging Derek Jones jr. Away. So I think Pat is saying the right thing to try to remotivate those guys, but I think it's going to be really hard to work either of them back into the mix.
5: You know, Ira, I was at that game on Monday night. That atmosphere was electric, and that was my first time yeah. at a game in quite some time. I don't want to put myself out there as, like, you know, not being a fan. What but do you think,
2: a big three right? era?
5: Exactly, Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, okay. It, it, it's been that long. And I guess my question to you is, in watching this team, and I guess we could say we are about a quarter of the way through the season, what mm-hmm. do you think? This team's identity uh, identity is.
0: It, it's funny. It's almost like you must be sitting behind me behind my computer because my <laughs> second question, i might ask IR for tomorrow, is someone asked me, "Hey, once we get in the playoffs, we're going to need the veteran players. We're going to need James Johnson and Deion mm-hmm. Waiter." And my answer to that was, "Now, God, now I'm not going to get any clicks tomorrow." My answer <laughs> to that was. So, yeah, yeah, guys are killing me here. I hope the ratings are good at this season. Um, my second answer to that to that was there would have been a point, Rashad, early in the season I would have said, look, eventually this kid stuff is going to wear out and you're going to need a proven veteran. Correct. And then a week went by and another week and another month. And especially someone like you who was in the building against Utah These kids are fun. It's fun to watch Kendrick Nunn hit shots and Tyler Hero to take over in the fourth quarter, and Duncan Robinson to hit a big fourth quarter three pointer. It's fun to watch these guys like this. So, so I, I, I think all of a sudden it becomes that much harder to work someone back in. The identity of this team, if it stays this way, we're about a third of the season actually into now at the 30-game mark, is the identity is the kid stuff. The identity is the energy, the unrelenting energy of kids who don't know better, who don't know the difference between playing the Cavaliers or playing the Jazz or the or the Pacers or the Sixers. They just like to play them some basketball. So I I think that's what's really energized everything, and I'm glad you got a chance to go. And if anyone thought the Heat had gotten stale in recent years, and I can understand that when they were a 500 team, played a similar style, this is so much fun right now that honestly I look forward to even as a job going to all of these games because I know even without Dwayne Wade, which is hard to believe, this is just a fun experience. I think the kid stuff at the end of the day is what defines and will define the 2019-2020 Miami Heat.
2: And and the kids are a big part of this, Ira, but what's been your biggest surprise, like pleasant surprise mm-hmm. this year? Has it been Kendrick Nunn really coming out of nowhere, at least to maybe you knew Kendrick Nunn could be great, but to a lot of us came out of nowhere. Tyler Hero off to a great start or even Bam Adebayo improving so much. What's been the biggest pleasant surprise to you this season? So You far?
0: know, this is almost racial profiling, so I apologize ahead of time. I have <laughs> question to ask Ira again as I continually promote that where someone told me they were shocked how someone who looks like Howdy Doody could be as good as Duncan Robbins. That's <laughs> funny. When, and, and Dono, you have like a <laughs> picture in front of you, I know. I don't know if the chart has one. If you Google Howdy Doody images, you're not that far off. Yeah. And so when I see what Duncan Robinson – look, and and, and what I mean by this is he looks like an everyday guy. Uh He looks like a guy – if you were to bump into Duncan Robinson, even with his height at 6'7 or so at the mall, you'd Mm -hmm. think, okay, just another guy. You wouldn't say, hey, is that guy an NBA player? Yeah, I recognize him from somewhere. And he's become so vital to this mix that people who thought, okay, when Winslow comes back, he'll replace Duncan Robinson. When James Johnson is ready, he'll replace Duncan Robinson. Now that Deion Waiters might get his fourth chance, he'll replace Duncan Robinson. I never saw this coming. I saw a specialist in the Wayne Ellington mode who would have moments along the way, but a full-time starter every game has been out there this season, I didn't see that coming at all.
5: Now my next question to you is, do you feel... For once from, I guess, the national media that Eric Spolstra is getting the credit that he's always deserved.
0: You know, I think for the national media, Rashad, he's always gotten it. I I think people people realize now after the fact how hard it is to coach even a great team. I think that's where Phil Jackson finally got his credit at the end. That you see all the drama going on with LeBron right now through the end in Cleveland, that uneven first year in Los Angeles, even now with the injuries and whether he should sit. That's a challenge unto itself. I think people who know the game have always appreciated Eric Spolstra. I think people that want the game coached the way they want to see it played, not positionalists. Who's Mm -hmm. the forward? Who's the power forward? You know, who's the the small forward? Everything delineated. Those are the kind of people who don't see the vision that Eric sees. What I like best about Eric Spolstra is this, and I've said this even when people are considering he trades. You give him any group of players, and he'll treat it like a lump of clay and mold it into its best form. Yeah. I think that's what makes him a great coach. I know people say he might be stubborn with this. He doesn't want to play the veteran. Some of his players become obstinate. That, that all might be true. But I still think the way that he puts himself together and comports his team and does all that, I, I think people who know basketball know he's a great coach. People expect you to win a title every year. Those are the ones who will complain every year no matter what.
2: You mentioned, Ira, about Justice Winslow's injury. They changed the I guess the delineation of it. It's now a yes. bone bruise. Does, does that does that change the timetable? What are we looking at here?
0: Well, I heard you talking earlier how I know stuff beyond just sports, and so you'll ask me this question. You so do. I check with <laughs> I checked with my close personal friends at WebMD because um <laughs> lately I was gifted the internet for Christmas, uh, so I Googled it. Basically the heat have been listing Justice Winslow as out with a lower back strain. Typically it says, and again, I know these are professional athletes, but also with professional trainers he said that was a three to four week injury which would happen back around now he went out at the start of december however a bone bruise in the lower back could be an injury of one to two months so i think by changing the delineation and letting us know right now about the mri i think we all back off and honestly I did call the Heat when I had heard, and you probably had read this in my Ask I Iron and my blogs after Heat game, that I had heard it was a bone bruise for at least the last two weeks. So I think sort of the outside perception was, hey, this guy has a muscular injury. He's soft. He should be back. I think people are backing off that now. I think once people know that it is a bone bruise and a little bit more serious injury, I think people are a little better at sort of backing off and letting the guy heal so when he comes back, just like
2: after the concussion we saw it, he'll be back. Ira, we have a, a couple returns coming up, and I, I would imagine the reception's going to be very different. You've yeah. got Josh, Richard, Josh Richardson coming back uh, to the AAA tomorrow with the, Sixter, with the Sixers, I can't speak. Hassan Whiteside <sighs> coming back next week. Yeah. I'm sure there's a big compare-contrast. What sort of reception...
0: You expect well, each of them that, to
2: get from their former and teammates. Donald,
0: that's what I'm so interested about. He sort of made clear to us. We asked early in the year, "Hey, when Jay Rich come out, comes back? When Hassan comes back, will there be a video tribute?" And they basically said <laughs> the full video tributes have been reserved to championship former players. Uh-huh. In other words, when James Johnson came back, when Mike Miller came back. They were former Heat champions. That's how they do it. Now, there is a recognition of players. It might be during a timeout. Ladies and gentlemen, please look at the big screen. You know, thanks, Josh Richardson, for your service. You'll always be part of family. I think there'll be something like that. I am very curious to see how it contrasts Saturday when Jay Rich comes back and a week from Sunday when Hassan comes back with Portland. Because Jay Rich has said nothing but the nicest of things to the point where he acknowledged he had to go or seek therapy after he was traded from the Heat because it was that hard. Hassan Whiteside, I'm sure you have that soundbite there somewhere with Solana. The first thing he said when he went to Portland is, we got shooters. You know, I was (laughs) talking about what his team had instead. So one guy was emotional and tears out the door. The other guy couldn't slam the door and hit the gas fast enough and take his pet koi with him up to the Pacific <laughs> Northwest. So I really am curious to reception. Look, the players love their teammates. There will be hugs. Even though this is the third time the you are playing the Sixers, it is the first time down here. There will be embraces from Heat staffers who didn't travel with Josh Richardson. It will be emotional during warm-ups. I think it will be to a degree with Hassan, but I don't think anywhere near the same degree when the Trailblazers come in for their game on January 5th.
5: Where the Heat are now, how far off do you see them finishing from where they are now? Or can you realistically see them possibly finishing where they are right now?
0: Yeah, when you look at the standings, Rashad, in the East, I mean, you're talking two to
5: six. I think is separated by two games. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So you can be two, you can be six and have the same record. It's that tight. So, yes, for the first time, I feel second place is possible for the Heat. I didn't at first. Mm -hmm. I thought the Sixers were too good. I thought Boston with Hayward and and Kemba Walker would be too good. I thought Toronto with Pascal Siakam and Kyle Lowry Lowry might be too good. Now I think the Heat can wind up anywhere – from number two to number six, I think that all could be possible with them. I think they are absolutely in this game. I will say that any playoff series outside of the Bucks, I think, is entirely winnable for the Heat. I think Giannis is sort of what, Le- what LeBron was. When the Heat played them with Cleveland and then when he was with the Heat, it is really hard to beat the best player in the conference when the best player is so clear in the conference. It's not like the West where you could say, hey, the best player is LeBron, the best player is Kawhi, the best player is Harden. There's no debate. If you're going to say who is MVP of the East, it's a landslide for Giannis. I'd say any matchup outside of the Bucks, you could the Heat could win the series, which is why you'd love to finish second and wait to the East Eastern Conference Finals to play Milwaukee.
2: Ira, away from the Heat here to close things out, um... You know Zion Williamson, when he was drafted most hype player uh, i I can remember since LeBron James going back a while back, and you know now in his recovery, i'm I'm reading things about him having to relearn how to walk and how to run. like is there concern just over his like body physiology about him staying healthy? like are there legit long term concerns for Zion?
0: Yes, because when you are a freak of nature. There's no blueprint. There's no other case you can point to when you're going, okay, a guy like this, how was it previously dealt with? There's never been another guy like this. I mean, LeBron came in the same way. A guy like that, how does he play? How much is too much? Does he need to get rest? Does he bulk up? Does he bulk down? How do you handle that? So, I mean, the Pelicans are in this laboratory, and I'm sure they have the best doctors in the world, or at least in the country, or at least in Louisiana, dealing with that. But that's what happens. When you get a freak, just like Giannis is a freak, you never really know what you have. And I'm I'm going to put it a little bit further, Dono. Mm -hmm. Let's say they get the physiology figured out, okay? How do you mesh that game to five other teammates in your starting lineup when it's such a unique game? Then not only did the Pelicans draft the ultimate physical specimen in the first round, they got the ultimate with the first pick, the ultimate unique player as well. So it's not just going to be when Zion comes back and is healthy. It's going to be that's when the process starts. Does he fit with Drew Holiday? Does he fit with Derek Favors? Does he fit with players on their bench? I think this is sort of a long process to see how you get that uniqueness worked in, just like the early years with Giannis in Milwaukee, the early years with LeBron in Cleveland. That's going to take a while as well.
2: Great stuff here, as always, from Ira Winterman. You can check out his work in the South Florida sun Sentinel. And I I think you got a little teaser for tomorrow's Ask Ira. We covered a lot of ground there.
0: The first two questions are killed now, so I better come up with a killer third (laughs) question. Maybe maybe I'll just go back to WebMD and find something there.
2: Maybe maybe you can uh, figure out who the next offensive coordinator is going to be at Miami. You also want to follow this man on Twitter, at Ira Heatbeat. Ira, thank you so much for the time. We'll talk to you again next time. Thanks, guys. Happy holidays.
1: I love the Heat. I wanted to go to the game tonight, but I couldn't get a hand on any tickets, so I'm going to go home, watch Netflix, and get ready for the LSU game tomorrow. So many great bowl games so much fun Woohoo! gonna hit up titanic brewery drink some stout beers cheer on the tigers maybe eat some shrimp and grits oh man but tonight laying low having fun just doing what i have to do same thing with everybody here at the radio station just doing what we have to do might be a mishmash at this point because everybody's on vacation doing things, but we're going to keep the sports rocking. We're going to keep everything going for you. And remember to download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts for this show or any of the shows you hear on this radio station. Also, you can go to the radio.com app for absolutely free, and you can go to our website, wqam.com. Any questions? At Dan Day Radio. I am Dan Day. Have a very happy, happy Hanukkah. Continue the Merry Christmas, 12 days of Christmas. My birthday's coming up January 6th. That's the end of the 12 days of Christmas. And all types of other good stuff. A lot of love for you. Have a great weekend. I'm going to say, go Tigers, go Saints, go Canes, even though they're not playing football. If they're playing a basketball game, just go. go. Go, 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 go. Live life. This is the best of the Joe Show. Later, slug.